Soul Material. It's a new podcast. T Bar the Street Shark. It's your man, the OGEO. We in here. It's a new podcast. Drop the theme music. We got theme music, huh? Nah, we ain't got no theme music, man. Soul, no material. Theme, no music. Damn. It's just a podcast, man. We don't need no theme music. Let's just start. Here we go. This is uh, episode one, um, and we again these are our pillars. We want to establish a foundation so you everyone knows what to expect from the Soul Material crew. Uh, so, first thing we want to talk about is is actually a story of how we started the podcast in the first place. Is you know we're always talking about what grinds our gears um, and you know what's going on in the in the game right now and why we don't like it um there's certain things we do like but you know so many times things could just be done better um and just from our experience behind the scenes and being in it um just seeing what's going on so um i'll kick it off to you uh kev you know tell them tell the people why you're mad what grinds your gears man just um the current climate now it's just the uh unfortunate situation of folks just conforming um, to what I think is a lack of having an identity in the game, um, particularly with sneakers. Um, I think that a lot of things are driven by um, what's liked on social media and what other people like. And um, that's one thing that really has me hot because if I prefer something over something else, um, I can't get peer pressured or have a like button that will all of a sudden change that opinion because I am more concerned about um, doing it for the gram or being popular or looking popular because things get real fickle real quick. And um, that's what really has me upset on top of a lot of the defrauding that's going on um, with fake sneakers, with folks using um, people's money as no interest loans and so forth so um the game has gotten extremely corrupt um with the evolution of social media um which um a lot of people um as you said before tony um has been just vultures in the culture and in the sneaker game particularly and um it has been daunting and it has been consistent and um it's been going on for way too long which which is the reason um i want to do this podcast and um i had just the motivation to do this just to, to speak my voice and to not have an opinion but with the experience we have here in this room um i think we have a lot to provide to kind of help our folks to kind of shift things to being more positive um being more about fellowship um being more about what the culture was was, was once was when we were um in it and getting back to that definitely definitely i mean um, I definitely share some of the same sentiment um, and you know we that's again that's why we're we're here for the soul material podcast we want to show you uh, tell you about what's going on um, how we got here um, and that's what <laughs> that's what grinds my gears because 
uh, right about now. The game is it's it's such a state of flux, um, and it could go in this exponential curve if we're in the wrong direction, if we're not careful, um, because um, just a lot of people aren't educated anymore. The newer generation, um, it, you know, now, now I really sound like a grumpy old man, but um, it just feels like you're not adhering to the tutelage that you may need for the longevity of the game, um, which means that a lot of people are in it for the wrong reasons. Um, and one of the reasons people are in it for the wrong reason, because it's like that moth to a flame, you know, it's, it, it has been sensationalized uh, so much because it once was an underground culture. Um, and then like you had to know, and then it was like cool to connect with people because it was so far few in, in between that was really in it, uh, uh, for the culture. Um, and then, you know, long before social media, um, you know, and there's just the, you know, the relationships that you had, um, a lot of stuff is just the, the memories and the nostalgic feelings that you had. Um, and it's the, it was the journey. Um, a lot of people that are in the game, um, especially had longevity like us, um, you know, it's a, there's a different level of passion. Um, I think, you know, with, uh, the time period that we grew up that you've mentioned before is, you know, it was, it was a golden area. I don't think we're ever going to get what we got in, and then especially the, when I said exponential curve, like we've seen the fastest uptick that I don't think this segment is ever going to be seen and witnessed again at how fast technology uh, grew in society and the way that we interacted with each other and communicated. Like we've grown and changed quickly hmm. in our lifetime. It's, it is starting to stabilize in a def like this, that curve isn't going to keep is keep the pace up. Hmm. So um, where does this, uh, leave the sneaker culture um, now that it's not underground anymore. Um, it's uh, we're all we want to help educate the consumer because they need to understand how much power you really have um, because it's too reactionary um, and therefore like you're messing up the market prices uh, just because you don't know where to, what to pay and you're willing to pay too much sometimes too soon and the patience is gone uh, even though they keep making more shoes um so there'll always be more um so you know that's uh kind of you know again in a nutshell you know why i'm mad <laughs> why why we kind of uh started this podcast um uh, because there's so many things uh we needed to pull back the curtain for um and and let, let the people know um how we got here so that we can you know help uh preserve uh, <laughs> uh what's left and and make it uh uh, this, you know, grand existence for, for the future so that, you know, everyone can tell their stories, uh, too. Um, cause otherwise there's those culture vultures and, and companies and <laughs> they will come in and suck the life out of it and then leave it on the curb. Um, and then what are you going to do after that? That's um, the thing, Tony, is that, um, things have always been commercialized, if you will. It's just that, um, how the game has gone now um it's lacking um the principles of just integrity um i guess that you and i um enjoyed from our childhood to our college years to even you know our early years in adulthood and um it's just very daunting to me with the 
direct to consumer model that Nike's doing now and so forth. It's like so much more power in uh, the consumer. However, um, the principles that you and I um, have always practiced and always exercised um, are now just going to plunk, going to funk. And that's where um, it's almost like <laughs> it's after midnight. <laughs> you fed the gremlins, they're in their little box, and everybody's just scavengers getting whatever they can get when you're all a part of the same yeah. community, man. And it's 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 sad to see because it's almost like you have your peaks and your valleys. Um, but we're at a peak of that I hate to say negativity, but the peak of that of the game being so adverse now that um people think this is actually the way it's going to be forever and it's the norm. Yeah. And I'm like it's power to people to change this. Exactly. And, you know, and we actually expand upon that a little bit more because um, it's impactful in both directions, right? Um, you could be impactful in the influence, but then you can be impactful in the business, like not as the consumer, but as the business itself. So, um, and when I say that, like, think about the curve of brick and mortar um, retail locations in where that is you know it's it's a little sad you know because you think about other entries industries that didn't change you'll think of like you know blockbuster uh, video just totally uh going bankrupt and falling out because you didn't see the curve of the uh, streaming hmm. right um so what happened to the retail um where did they miss the curve and you know like why are so many stop shops having to close I'm, this, this isn't just because of the pandemic or anything, this, the pandemic was this culture <laughs> um, uh, going, uh, turning another direction, and like it's you're making things obsolete um, at the at the retail level. And they had to downsize and rechange their strategies. So tell me a little bit more from your perspective of the how things have changed in the on the retail. You know, like what happened to mom and pops? <laughs> like what what happened? Well, I can tell you that it's been a direct. Um, a directive, if you will, for Nike for the past um, five to seven years to change how they went about um, giving stores accounts. And um, this direct-to-consumer model has been something that they have been um, very cognizant of doing and very intent about doing um, for years now. And when you are a store who has been a part of the community for 15, 20, 25 years. And um, Nike is, is a huge account that has kept your lights on, kept the community happy, and they say, sorry, we're just going to snatch this from you. Um, that's happened in every um, inner city or town um, all across the country. And that's what's going on on that end, in which um, a lot of the little stores, if you will, um, they just don't exist anymore. And that is Nike just changing their business model. And when you have that, um, then you have them kind of telling stores and it's gone on particularly the past 24 months. Sorry, we don't need you anymore. All of these stores were a part of your brand being what it is today. So you look at them pulling out from a Macy's or them pulling out from a lot of mom and pops and so forth. These are the stores um, that really helped your brand be what it is today. And they're saying thanks, but no thanks now. And it's nothing that anyone could do. And then um, you have a lot of um, things going on with the bigger companies, like a Foot Locker, for example, or Finish Line, where 
Um, Nike's not even taking anything back as far as what they call a return to vendor. Um, when I was work working there, it was an RTV and that was quite simple. They don't do that anymore. And on top of them kind of now utilizing their outlets more as a retail store within itself, um, they've kind of changed the model in which they're saying, hey, we built up our brand so much, we're gonna take all our money back and keep it all in house. When you needed the marketing and the advertising and the help of all these stores um, for years, literally decades before. Um, and um, that's just business as people say, but I think it's bad business as well. So what's going on is that um, you have an influx in the black market now because what these mama pops used to have is now in the black market. So you got so much money now that it's out there in the black market. You literally have stores resell by trade stores in the malls right beside the actual huge retailer. Um, and paying a rent in a mall is not cheap no matter what country or town you're in. So that's what's going on is that a lot of the model that's going on now is um, Nike particularly telling people um, thanks, but no thanks. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, and I can definitely co-sign that just from being behind the scenes on the corporate side of retail, um, working for a national retailer who expanded throughout the uh, many different regions throughout the country. Um, and, getting into malls um isn't easy first of all and you know we were talking about nike so we'll keep going with that example as far as um nike was all about the supply and demand and controlling that especially back in the day where you would actually control how many vendors or stores had accounts and what tier account you had mm -hmm. um so that um, they weren't oversaturated with all the same stuff. Um, some stores had more energy accounts, and so you had, um, you know, not every location got exclusives, um, you know, and you had to shop around and make connections and know which stores those were. Hyper strikes. Um, exactly. Uh, hyper strikes, quick strikes, the tier ones, all of that, tier zeros, uh, uh, all of that stuff. And those things are... Are, are missing uh, in action right about now because just like you talk about the wave of the um, consignment shops and buy sell trade shops um, like and they're taking over malls now you know so again those aren't expensive leases to sign on to and you definitely don't sign on for one year um, so um, and, and that's, it's a fickle thing uh, um, if you're especially if you're not doing it right um, and like what happened to the these uh, companies caring about you know the oversaturation and now the cycle it's it's buy from the store within the mall to zap up their inventory just to populate your inventory and mark it up you know 400 percent mm. you know as a consumer it's like do you not know that you have something you have control over that like don't let the company the the vendors and the companies are treating you like wholesalers and and you're the the middleman um and they know it um and they understand this aftermarket even more today so stop allowing yourself to <laughs> to be stuck in the middle um you know and sometimes it's like you have to be more patient and let some of these uh consignment shops you know <laughs> spin in a circle and, uh, you know, just take on too much inventory that they can take because um, the reason why they take it is because y'all buying it. Uh, <laughs> that, that's why. That's why they can mark it up. Yes, don't be scared with the supply and demand. So it's A lot of it is optics, um, and Nike has been great at the optical illusion of what has been sold out 
and what hasn't, what's limited quantities and the perceptions of of said quantities. Um, and then sometimes it's at the retail level where they actually um, hold on to some of their stuff uh, and then slow roll it out. Or especially retailers who expand and open up new locations, they hold inventory uh, just for um, grand openings and things like that so that you can have more exclusive stuff um, or the optics of said exclusive stuff. Um, so, um, you know, behind the scenes, you know, these the mom and pop stores um, that we were used to and had relationships with, you know, they were coming obsolete. The mom, and, the new mom and pops is the, is the consignment shops um, because half of these uh, uh, sh- shop owners there they are young people. They are young people. So, um, which is good to see young entrepreneurs. It's just that you know, it's hard to find the honest ones uh, if you are far between if you haven't studied like the honor code and, and what we're talking about that G code uh, for the game. Uh, because that's how you get long-term customers um, or rather than burning those bridges and just trying to zap them for for sales so you know where well, the key thing with that Tony is that as a consumer it's it's bothersome for me to be at a retail store and literally two doors down because I know the bottom line now is that mighty dollar it's a buy sell trade shop literally you cannot tell me there aren't transactions going on with the stock that the retail store is getting and them having a relationship with the store two doors down. It's very hard for me to believe whether it's assistant manager, whether it's another associate, whether it's another manager. And that's where things really get cloudy for me because I'm saying what is going on behind the scenes in which someone yeah. is getting padded. It's a trust factor, hmm. definitely a trust factor, especially in your, you know, it's not just the managers of the stores that are actually getting it, you know, um, it's it may that might not always happen um you know the consignment stores they could just be sending teams of people to blitz these stores Mm -hmm. um as well much like you do the bot game online um you got physical people you know um even back in the you know when you used to stand in line and hire people to stand in line um you know that concept of you know deploying your consignment staff to go eat up the inventory in the mall because when you're talking about supply and demand, proximity is also uh, part of the equation. So if there are people in this competition in your proximity uh, that has the same product, you go eat up that product, and now you monopolize that area because they, you got it and, and nobody else has it. Um, and therefore, you have you can mark the prices up because if the consumer is not educated enough, they're not willing to go somewhere else. Uh, and it's the, it, the optics of a convenient transaction now come into play because they literally can't go nowhere else because someone has zapped up all the inventory in that area. And now you look like, uh, you know, you're the supplier, but you're just a small, a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's optics. Um, but again, this is why we're here. So, um, and, you know, another uh, final topic we want to uh, cover before we wrap up, um, you know, first episode here um, of just laying down the foundation for the Soul Material podcast. Uh, so, Kev, like, you know, we talked about the, you know, the, the state of the union a little bit, you know, how you know, retail and brick and mortar has evolved a little bit. Um, let's just touch base on, you know, how the game has commercialized because I, I started off by talking about how it was an underground culture um, but it is definitely not underground um, you know just much like music um, hip hop they didn't think that it was going to last they thought it was a trend and now 
every hip hop song is <laughs> the soundtrack to every other commercial um, on TV, um, and they are loving it and eating it up. Um, so, where, how did we get here in the age of uh, in this newer age of influence, this digital influence? You know, from what it used to be and how it got commercialized. You know, it's um a totality of where we are as a society because um you have to ask people who are half our age who are their role models now who they look up to and more likely um unfortunately it's not going to be one of their parents it's not going to be someone we will hold of esteem it's most likely going to be an entertainer more likely than not not even an athlete at this time honestly and um with that comes a lack of identity because yes i was a Dwayne wade fan but if Dwayne wade wore something that i thought was you know unattractive or wasn't my fit or wasn't my style i didn't just wear it because i was Dwayne wade fan and Dwayne wade had it on we're in a society in which now that's the thing so Dwayne wade got thirty thousand likes with something that he wore um back in our day in the mid 2000s and all of a sudden I'm influenced because Dwayne Wade Ward, so I now like it. Instead of me saying, you know what, it, it, he can do him, but I'm going to do me. And that just does not exist anymore. People doing them, quote unquote, is them following um, a what they think is a minority, but it's coming a majority. People are so pressed to be exclusive that now that's becoming the majority. And now it's a fight to be exclusive to where prices are raising up and so forth. So people just have these, quote unquote, limited items. But if everyone wants to look limited, but you all are looking the same, then are you really limited? You know what I mean? So um, it's, I think that's always gone on, but I think that um, just the integrity and the lack of people having an identity and being comfortable with themselves and having the self-esteem and so forth, it's lacking. So for, accept, for acceptance, I, I believe, a lot of people don't really know what they like. They have not really investigated within themselves what they enjoy, what they like, what their style is, because they are automatically, because of our phones and social media and so forth, they automatically attach to what I need to like is what's liked, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And that's kind of crazy to me, given how we grew up in our foundation. Um, yeah, because we definitely, this is one of those things I can say we grew up different, um, because the age of influence, and again, with the time period that we um we're blessed to grow up in and we talked about the wave of technology um just think about sports and entertainment and how it grew in hip-hop culture um how it grew from its infancy like we saw it in its infancy when no one thought that they thought it was just a trend it wasn't gonna last um and you know the influences i talked about you know in my origin story i was talking about how i was um, influenced the golden age of, of, of the NBA as well, you know, with Michael Jordan, um, I got to see the tail end of, you know, Bird and, and Magic and then transition over to um, of Jordan and then and then the next torch passing because there were a lot of Jordan heirs, you know, with the Penny Hardaways and Grant Hills um, and then Kobe came along later and then there's LeBron like so just seeing that trajectory um, and then how uh, Jordan um, kind of, you know, um, set the mark in sports marketing um, and then the way that that uh, 
um, commercialization just took flight, like literally, and then Spike Lee and all the um, the the commercials and um, just the, the colorways, the innovative designs, it just made it look different. Um, you know, I was influenced at one point in time by you know um, Penny Hardaway and Chris Webber, you know, the Fab Five, all that good stuff. And then all of a sudden, there's this shift in. Like I could actually look at my old room in my in my house that I grew up in and see like Chris Webber posters, and then you start transitioning into there's Jay Z and then there's Nas uh, because music uh, started to you know be on TV more and MTV and BET um, and you know 106 and Park all that stuff later you, you know what I'm saying so you got to see it more um, and therefore sometimes you can't. Uh, that's where the influence was. Um, you know, you could see that shift from sports to entertainment. You can, and then you could see the retailers shift from sporting goods to lifestyle and all. You know, and urban these buzzwords that started to uh, pop up in the at the end of the '90s, going into the 2000s, um, and then you know. So again, commercialization, the age of influence. We went from, hey, where'd you where'd you get those? Because I see you wearing them. To um, I see this on my feed and I kind of like it, but I like it more because I can see that so many other people like it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what? You don't even have to wear the stuff no more to be this influencer. You know what I mean? It's like as long as you have enough uh, following, um, you know, and where we came from, we were trying to be leaders and individuals, you know, not follow. So I think that that's where the clash and generations come, but we still had to, you know, establish common ground and. Um, see how we can make this thing move forward. So, um, but yeah, you know that's why we're here, Soul Material Podcast. We're just breaking down all the elements um, and and putting them back together. Um, and again, this is all about clarity, not popularity. There you so, go. Um, that's why we're telling you um, the real deal as it is. So, um, so we're just gonna sign off now. You know, we'll be back. Um, so, thanks for being here. Uh, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate Soul you. Understood. So next time. See ya. Howard with the slam and he's fouled by Dennis Rodman. Chris Weber giving him a low five. But now you know what? That's enough for a technical error, isn't it? Isn't that a taunt? <laughs> it's a beautiful play here.